Let's give the band another hand. They were amazing, right? And thank you, kids. In a couple days, my family are going to embark on an adventure. We're going to go on a road trip, which anybody who has young kids or had young kids, you know what that's like. And you know what's the one question we're going to hear over and over again, right? What is it? Are we there yet, right? Oh, where's Bucky's? That's actually probably the reality these days. And we know that when we hear the question, are we there yet, it actually makes the trip go faster, right? (laughs) Tonight on Christmas Eve, that's the question I want you to reflect on. Are we there yet? You know, as we sit in this room and we sing God's praises and we celebrate Christ, the light coming in the world, there was also a promise that was attached to that, the promise of a better world. The promise of hope, the promise of love, and the promise of justice. Are we there yet? I think it's painfully aware to all who observe our society today that we are not there yet. And a lot of that is beyond our control as followers of Jesus. But much of it isn't. Much of it isn't. Because I think too often we come to Christmas Eve and we sing these songs and we take communion and we raise this light, this candle that we will raise together. And then we walk out of here and we leave the candle in the basket and we're the same person that we were before. But that's not what it's about. That's not what this Christmas moment is about. This Christmas moment is not just about how we love God and God loves us, but how God sends us into the world with a message to go and tell it on a mountain. I love Christmas Eve. I love everything about it. I love sitting in this room with you right now. I love seeing the songs. I love the kids making noise and moving around. I love this moment. I love those who decided to dress up because that's part of what they are. I love the ones who just wore a really fun Christmas sweater. Or maybe even you just wore your Christmas PJs. I love everything about tonight. And I'm even going to love because after services tonight, my family gathers and we eat desserts. Well-earned desserts, I have to say. And we celebrate. And yes, we do let our kids open a present. We're big softies. Don't judge. But it's all part of the night. It is a great and wonderful night. But I think the seminal moment of Christmas Eve is at the end when we light our candles And we sing Silent Night, right? And we lift them up to proclaim that a light has come in the darkness and the darkness can never put out the light. And then we walk out of these doors. And the question I want on your mind is, are we there yet? Are we going to leave that light in this place? Our scripture tonight comes from Luke chapter 2 starting with verse 8. It says, nearby shepherds were living in the fields, guarding their sheep at night. The Lord's angel stood before them. The Lord's glory shone around them, and they were terrified. We heard this story from the kids, right? What beautiful job they did. They were terrified. And the angel said, what did she say? Don't be afraid, right? Don't be afraid. Look, I bring you good news, wonderful, joyous news for all people. Your Savior is born today in David's city. He is Christ the Lord. This is a sign for you, a newborn baby wrapped snugly and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great assembly of heavenly forces with the angel praising God. And they said, glory to heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. 
And when the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go now to Bethlehem and see what has happened. Let's confirm what the Lord has revealed to us. And they quickly found Mary and Joseph, the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw this, they reported what they had been told about this child. And everyone who heard it was amazed at what the shepherds told them. Mary committed these things to memory and considered them carefully. And the shepherds turned home, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Everything happened just as they had been told. What a powerful story. Can you imagine if you were one of the shepherds that night and the heavens opened up and the hosts from heavens started singing to glory to God on the highest. You know, as beautiful as our kids were and as wonderful as our band is, they cannot do that moment justice. To hear angels from heaven singing, I imagine it was the most beautiful sound they'd ever heard. And they were terrified because they were in awe because they were seeing the glory of God. And you can't see the glory of God and not be changed. And so the angels tell them, go now. There's this child that's being born. This is the promised Messiah. This is the one that you have been waiting for generation upon generation who has come into the world. This child will change everything. And they go and they seek out Mary and Joseph. Can you imagine what it was like? Everyone who's had a child knows the anticipation as you await for the day of your child's birth. But even more so with Mary and Joseph because this child they've been told was Jesus. The one through whom God would save God's people. This is Emmanuel. This is God with us. This is the one through whom all the promises would be kept. First John, or John 1 tells us that Jesus is the light that came into the darkness. Jesus is the light that comes into our darkness in our darkest moments, in our most difficult moments, and somehow makes our pain and our suffering a refuge. A pastor tells a story about a man named John. This man had come into his his service several times and sat in the back row and the pastor had hurried out of the service each time to try to shake his hand and introduce himself, but he was gone long before he could get there. Until one day that pastor preached about how Christ calls us to come and die and pick up our cross and follow him. And then when we do, we will have new life and our sins will be washed away. And as he left the the church that day, the man was at the back of the building, and he said, my name's John, and I am broken. And he just started to weep. He said, I've been married for 20 years, I have two beautiful daughters, and I started cheating on my wife a few years ago. And she found out, and I left, and, and I'm just in this place of brokenness. And then it really came to a head when his, his daughter called him on the phone and said, Dad, I don't, I don't need you to pay for my wedding. I just want you to be there and walk me down the aisle. And that led to some conversations with his wife who just said, John, come home. Come home. And he came to the church that day as a broken man, and he came to the pastor, and he asked, I want to go home, but I just I don't know that I can. I've messed up too much. I've, I've broken my, my marriage vows. I've broken relationship with God and with my wife. And so they knelt before the cross that day, and, and the pastor led him in a prayer of forgiveness, and he gave his life once more to Christ, and the light came into the darkness. The light came into his heart, and his darkest moment 
Jesus was there and Jesus healed them and Jesus gave him grace and mercy and said, you are a child of God. That's what Jesus does. When we hold up our candles and we proclaim that the light is coming to the world, we proclaim that Jesus, the light, comes into our darkness and into our brokenness, into our pain, and makes it a place of refuge. Theologian Leonard Sweet talks about how many scholars actually believe that mangers were made out of stone because many stables in the day were actually caves. And so that a stable, a manger, rather than being wooden like ours, might have been carved out of a step. And that Jesus would have been laid on a stone in that moment. That Jesus literally came into a dark place, a cave, and brought light. And then we know 33 years later that when Jesus dies on the cross, that he is once more laid on a stone in a cave. But we know the darkness can never put out the light because Jesus did not let that be the end. God did not let the darkest moment be the end and the bright light. Three days later, Jesus was resurrected. You see, God, through Jesus, comes into our caves, into our darkness, into our brokenness, and brings us light and tells us, come home. Come home. You know, that would be a beautiful story if it ended there. But as we think about the way our world is and we ask the question, are we there yet? Are we in a place of hope and peace and love and everybody worshiping God? We know we're not there. And so we need to think about our call as Christians as we await the day when someday Jesus will return and we'll have a renewed heaven and earth. But until that day, we must take the prayer that we prayed seriously and say, on earth as it is in heaven, thy will be done. If you haven't had Jesus light your darkness, may you receive that tonight. But if you have, there's a clarion call here. Here's a clarion call. That as you take your candle and you walk out these doors, you'll have a choice to snuff it out and put it in the basket or you can take your candle with you, metaphorically of course, and hold your light bright and share it in the darkness for those who are broken in your life. And I would be willing to bet there's someone on your heart and on your mind right now that you could take the light to. And then next year when we gather in this place and we ask the question, are we there yet? The answer will still be, no, not yet. But we'll be one step closer. And the world will be just a little bit brighter because you carried your light into the world. Merry Christmas. We come into this place, this is such a special